Ah, hey, hey, hey. It's uh, Arizona Schnoodle Walks at uh, 8 in the morning, June 11th. Yeah, June 11th. I guess it would have been my dad's 97th birthday. 97. Yeah. Is that right? 23? Yeah, probably about 97. Yeah. But it's warming. It's starting to warm up here, and uh, as expected, in June for Arizona. And uh, I have a podcast title already. It's, uh, I think I'll just call it privilege. So it's a word that's being tossed around, like white privilege, things like that. Um, it's just privilege. And it's a night, and it's a word that gets pulled out with it. And maybe some words have a, uh, is it a bias to them? Uh, what I'm trying to say is there's like, it's a word that's, it's a wedgie, wedgie word. Like to say someone has white privilege is to, is to say that um, anything they have in their life is because they're white, right? Or they grew up in society, and and a lot of these are have to do with boundaries, right? The boundaries of the United States. Morning. Good, good. Yeah. So a runner. I, I could do some running, but I need to do some lifting too. So back on privilege. Privilege. And uh, American, it's an American expression. Of course, if you're listening to this, there's English, of course, the language. You can be from anywhere in the world. And English is, is a common language for a lot of people. But it's also, there's also different cultures everywhere, right? So England, Scotland, Ireland, different cultures sharing the same language. America, Australia, Canada. And these cultures, government impacts government, economics, society, education. All It's all complicated. It all comes mixed together. And so for me, it's like, where do you draw the boundaries? And I, I would say it's not a privilege that I worked and lived in Germany for five years. That was a choice that I made happen when I pursued that. So it doesn't make me better than anybody to have worked and lived in Germany for five years. I can't, I mean, it is, it is what it is. I went and did it and I tried to fit in. I tried to be a German. I was no longer, I mean, I was working for a German company with a partner in England and I just was, I was all in uh, Germany, right? And now that's a different language. So that adds some complexity to it. But even, you know, even in the workplace, German company that everybody spoke English, everything was done in English. So that on the one hand that made it easy, but me being me is I pursued to learn the German language and understand the culture, history. And I, I just bring that up just to say that getting a different perspective on things is helpful, right? And, you know, more than likely the listener you don't share that experience with me. So I'm like, how do I bring that perspective to you in discussion? 
And because I have a tendency to go to the end, to conclusion of things, people listening to me are kind of like, well, how did you get there? And how did you get to that conclusion? Because you went so fast to it. I hear your conclusion, but I just don't see the connection. I don't see how it flows, right? So I'm purposely setting up my observation on boundaries and where you draw the boundaries. Because right now, and it's a little bit odd because we have the, the George Floyd case and, and just mentioning the name George Floyd on June 11th, 2020, uh, it, it's, it's a, what do you call that? An emotional trigger word. So if you're listening to that, all you have to do is say George Floyd, and more than likely, it's going to trigger all kinds of emotions for you. And, I, and I'm not making a judgment about what the right emotions are. See, that's, that's slowing down. That's pausing and saying, okay, it's in the media. And for me, I've actually pulled away from media quite a bit um, the last couple months with this coronavirus, you know, COVID-19. It's another trigger word. I don't know how long the COVID-19 word phrase is going to stick around, right? But it is it is the words of today, right? And privilege gets thrown around too. And it's this is loosely connected to my book that I wrote. And I'm kind of frustrated because I feel like I only have five reviews on Amazon. And so I don't know if I really did a good job, obviously, of I probably didn't do a good job of getting people excited about my book and getting people excited about reading a review. And I just kind of put it out there and I thought people that would write a review would have done so by now, but they haven't. And I'm frustrated and I forgot Bud's poop bag. So we'll have to see what we do here, but that's uh, my failure. I forgot to take the cap off and so forth. So we'll fix that later. So, um, privilege, book writing, star, five stars, reviews. No, five reviews, most of them are good, and one is a two-star, which is bugging me. So, so I wake up, and I'm like, dude, will somebody please add a review that gets it back up again? Because right now, the last review is this pretty long review that a guy wrote. He actually, I could tell he read the book, and he kind of, more than the other ones. Morning. And uh, so those book reviews are sitting there. And the most in-depth one is a two-star review. I mean, I, I mean, I could see his his long review being three or four or five stars, or even a four. Star. He, he doesn't want to make it five, but it could have been a three or a four, you know. And I'm I think I'm probably overly sensitive to this, you know, because unless you've writing a book, publishing it, the first week after you publish it is not a common experience, right? So you might have, you might have written your own book. And I got to think of it as a long haul, right? You know, on the one hand, I'm sure if I talked to some other people that have written books, it would be like, 
hey, it is what it is. It's your first book. Just let it go. But me being me, I kind of pestered this one guy because I woke up and I'm like, dude, it's, you've had this book for almost four weeks. It literally takes three to four hours of reading it. And on top of it, you know it's about marketing the book. So read the introduction and just comment on that and just say, hey, I love the introduction. Da 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 da, five stars, boom, done, over. And some people are just so, this is what I get a kick out of is like, I know this person, right? I've known him for 20 some years, but I don't see him that often because he's, he lives in Maine, and I'm in Arizona. And so I just texted him this morning and I kind of was badgering him like, dude, it's like, uh, can you just find something positive to write about? The book? <laughs> and, and, uh, it was just my, my emotions came out and this totally, totally the wrong, I know it, it's not the right thing for me to do. This is transparent, authentic. Buddy's owner Schnoodle walks, and Bud loves it. He's just having a good time walking. And uh, yeah, so that's what I did, folks. And I upset the guy. He just started. He started rant, writing me a whole essay about why he's too busy to write a review and why he's, uh, you know, he, he probably put five or ten minutes into writing me back. You know, in my mind, it's like. Dude, in the time it took you to rant back at me, you could have put this whole thing to bed, you know? Just put a five-star on it, write two sentences, and you're done, right? But for some reason, I mean, the guy <laughs> just doesn't see it that way. And it, it comes down to this abundance versus scarcity thoughts, too. It's like, can just have an abundant mindset. I'm not... It's not, I'm not I'm not trying to be, you know, the C.S. Lewis or something, right? But actually, my message is probably more significant than I, I would say my message is more significant than C.S. Lewis's. You know, it's about a living God and the Holy Spirit, right? So, am I? I'm not saying I'm a five-star author up there with C.S. Lewis or something, right? But the message is important, and it's not one that's being out there. Right. So I feel strongly about it. And so why not just support it? Why not just go, hey, this is a message that needs to be heard, blah, 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 done. You know, <laughs> so obviously this guy wants to analyze it. And I don't know what his motives are for analyzing it. I can't I really I can't imagine he's done any book reviews ever. Right. Like like I actually then I got caught in my own my own um, issue, right? So I'm trying to be, I mean, I, I thought, well, okay, I got to learn this abundance thinking and supportive. And there, anybody who writes a book, there's something good in it that's useful, right? I mean, there are people are pouring their energy into it, but I guess unless you're a writer, you don't appreciate that, right? So then I, I reached out to two authors who recently published books, their first books. And I asked them to kind of jump on and give me something. I was much more polite to them, I guess. Because it was my first time asking them, right? It was, my, it was my first time to ask someone. So I guess I went through stages of 
in my subconscious mind of like, okay, be polite the first time, be polite the second time, be polite the third time, be polite the fourth time. Hey, this is starting to be, let's do it here, dude. So I was a little bit pushy and rude with this dude, right? But anyways, these two new people that I just started out with my first interaction, definitely polite, very nice, right? And, but then I realized, wait a minute, let me make sure I put reviews on their books, right? So I go, oh, it looks like I didn't write reviews for their books, so I better do that, right? If I'm asking them to write a book or review on my book, I need to do the same for them, right? So that's what I did. So it took me about, you know, and I actually, I've, I've read their books and I appreciate their message and what they're, what they're about and what value they add for people. So I think I put fairly thoughtful, good reviews on these for these two people because I know them too. Personally, I've, I don't, I've not met them all, the both of them, but I've had interactions with them on the phone. I know what they're trying to do a bit. So why not have abundance thinking? So I, I don't know, I guess privilege back to how does privilege fit into it? And I'm thinking, why is this guy not giving me a review or why is he so offended if I push him a bit? And instead of like looking at my badgering him, I guess he would say, I guess I was bullying him too. Like, come on, man, get a review out there. And I was pushing him and I didn't uh, get a response. I was like, you could look at it two ways. You could look at my badgering and bullying and go, yeah, that's funny, Mike. That's really funny. And just say, okay, I'll get to it this weekend or, you know, put it out there or something. I don't know. But he decided to write me an essay, which is fine. And like I said, but truly, the time it took him to write his essay, he could have put the whole thing to bed and forgot all about it. But we, we, we're stubborn people, aren't we? We're I'm, I'm in there too. It's like, uh, because it's only because I'm kind of in this book, quote unquote, book world right now that I care about these things. And I probably shouldn't care about it. Right? It's like the message is the message, stand behind it. And what is it? It's transformation, right? It's, it's walking the spirit. So was I in the flesh by bullying him a little, you know, bullying this guy? Probably, you know. But that's part of my transformation. I'm like, I actually feel like I can talk to you about it on the podcast. That's an improvement. Like instead of me holding in my jerkiness, I'm just being authentic about it and, and being self-aware of my jerkness, bullying, right? giving, I don't give people space. You know, and, and from my point of view, it's, I mean, I know nobody cares about nobody we should all care about other people's point of view and get better at understanding other people's point of view but it's amazing how 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 frequently we don't look at other people's point of view right we we just kind of think of ourselves so yeah i kind of bullied that guy and i and i i, I felt kind of snarky so that's a great word right snarky so it's a pretty snarky little text. And I thought, hey, this is pretty good. <laughs> so I, I, I jazzed up a couple other people that were not responsive. So I kind of figured like, hey, they're not responsive. So 
Um, there you go. So I'm hoping, I don't know, maybe I can delete. I don't know if you can delete. I don't know if this guy is going to give me a one-star review and be, well, the author is a jerk, so don't read anything he says, right? But actually, that's the point of the whole book is we're all have various levels of jerk. So who's, what's the cutoff? Like what, when does it become like this is too much of a jerk um, level, right? Like, you know, and who, who decides like, well, this guy's like too jerky to listen to. So I, I'm a very big proponent of listening to all jerks and making decisions. I, I, I know that I poured my heart and soul into this book, and I think it's very important to walk in the spirit. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to be in the flesh sometime. That's the whole point. It's not about it. It's not a book on perfectionism, right? It's a book on growth, transformation. So if the guy, I don't know what he's going to do. He's frustrated. Whatever. Let it go. There's 8 billion people on the planet. So it, it sort of makes for a good story to tell. And, and maybe that's what I just do in general is look for creating opportunities for good stories. <laughs> so privilege, what else? So does he think that I'm privileged, right? Like he's like one of his comments was something like, well, I'm working 13 hours a day and why, you know, so he's kind of stuck in that salary slave world or mental prison he's in of not saying no to more than eight hours a day or he's stuck in a communication trap where he can't go to somebody and say hey i'm working 13 hours a day to get this done now either either he's not getting an extra 500 bucks a day for his extra five hours which would be worth it, right? If you actually got a salary slave like that. But a lot of these jobs, they're like, no, we just pay you a salary. So if you can't get the job done in eight hours and it takes you 13, well, then that's tough on you. Which, you know, that's not fair to anybody really, right? But it's up to us to negotiate and work our way out of it. And he's probably stuck in that mindset, the salary slave mindset but it's not even that it's like i don't know i don't know what it is you know and i don't know what's going on in his life so i'll give him grace but all i can think of is he must think i have some kind of privilege you know and, he, and he's probably he's not a, he's not a super fan right so uh, you know so i guess i just got to give up on that not everybody's going to be a super fan and uh and it's not, it's not even a super fan of the, this is probably the, one of the cruxes of this, the challenge of my message is I don't want to be a super fan, right? I don't want to be, on the, on the one hand, I'm saying we've got to walk in the spirit and, and this, this is such a nebulous concept, right? What is this Holy Spirit thing? And so you, I think you can do a couple things with confronting it it's like you can say oh it's too complicated i don't really understand it so i'm just gonna try to follow the law of god and be obedient to this stuff and use the same buzz phrases like oh yeah i just want to be obedient to jesus you know and and it's like no he yeah 
if you're obedient to Jesus, you'll listen to him. And he said that we're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that we're going to be able to be filled with the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness, right? And we're going to be prophetic. And part of prophetic is being me. <laughs> is saying things that people don't want to hear, perhaps, right? It's like, don't despise prophetic utterances. That was the verses from First uh, Thessalonians 5. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. I was just about to copy and paste that into a text message. But, you know, because I was talking to my wife about the whole situation. And I had a great meeting with my group last night of the men. And just going through Paul's letters. And he was so encouraging about their faith and love. You know, I'm not feeling any love from this guy on my book, you know. But it gets back to that old accuracy about Jesus thing, you know. He's, he can't just be an abundant thinker and, uh, and give a five-star rating, say some positive things really happy for me to get my message out, something like that. Just neutral, right? I'm not trying to be C.S. Lewis or something, right? And, uh, but that doesn't happen, right? So how does that fit into walking the spirit? I, I just think it's this accuracy thing. So like, if you think about it, it's, you must think that, well, you know, if I'm going to give a book review, I have to be accurate. So I got to read the whole thing, study it. Well, I don't even, what's he going to compare it to, right? You know, I mean, it's not, it's not really comparable to C.S. Lewis. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to be compared. It's not my intention to be compared to C.S. Lewis. And I, I'm inspired by this message from the book coach who's saying, hey, authors, it's not a competition, and that's exactly what it is. It's like, I'm not competing, but I still want positive reviews because I'm not saying that my book is better than C.S. Lewis. It's different. But I'm saying mine is actually like, like C.S. Lewis spent all his time writing all this fancy fiction stuff and also some other nonfiction. And he's well-respected and thought out, but he's a 1940s guy. So here's where I made dump some criticism on C.S. Lewis. Uh, not that I have any specific criticism of what he wrote. I'm just saying he doesn't live in 2020. You know, we live now. So these books need to be published now for your whatever God's working in your spirit. It's got to be now. Because this is the COVID-19, the George Floyds, the the spirit of the age, if you will, right? So you can either be fearful and crumble and uh, <laughs> and be a critic and say, oh, uh, Michael Ward's book, Six Sola, that's, that's just not good enough, you know? And yet, have, has this guy, is he planning on writing some books this year? See, this is where I can be a real snarky pain in the butt. It's because I'm like, well, dude, I know you're not writing a book. And you probably don't even read books. So just tell me you don't read. Or maybe he's like, I don't know how to read. You know, <laughs> I don't know what his situation is. But, you know, and and so 
Um, what street are we on, dog? Yeah, I really feel bad about this right here. I got that. Can't do that over there. Oh, you yeah, know. So, yeah. So it's like he's he's not writing a book. He's probably never like if he had written a hundred book reviews in the last month. You know, like okay, so maybe he's a serious book reviewer. But I know he's not, dude. You know, and this book is not for serious book reviewers. It's not for it's not for uh, analysis and scholarly work. You know, and some people may say, well, you you named it the Six Solas. I mean, that's a big. I mean, five solas. That's a big theological, you know, platform to build on, and you you're so arrogant to build on it. I don't, you know, I got that kind of response, and I'm like, I love it because that's the point. It's like an indirect, in the side door, in the back door message that all this theology. I mean, the one guy says that I'm slipping into dispensationalism, and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> which is a I would love to respond to these um, reviews but I don't think I can right because that's like I really don't know what dispensationalism is and is it a requirement that I do you know or it's just a grouping like this is that this is one I can't stand is the group mentality and putting people in groups so now all of a sudden this guy thinks I'm if I'm not a full-blown dispensationalist, whatever that is, that I'm slipping into it. And it's just such a pain in the butt because the message is about 2020, 2021, the next 500 years. So the guy's criticism of me at two stars actually makes the point of the book that you keep applying your criticisms from the last 500 years, reforming, trying to find out like dispensationalism is wrong. Uh, uh, what else? Calvinism's wrong. Arminianism's wrong. <laughs> Putting everybody in a camp, you know, grouping people. So that's what I'm up against, people. So is this a rant? I don't know. It's not. It's back to privilege. I guess maybe people think everybody else has all this privilege. And I guess maybe that's part of my transformation too is, you know, maybe I think other people have privilege too. But we're all in a battle. I guess that's how I would say. We're all in us. I would say like the spiritual battle, the thoughts in our heads, your your family situation, your economic situation, whatever's going on, um, and we only we only know a little bit about other people. So, what happens is we uh, we look, we take a few data points, and we usually put on our best behavior, right? We usually don't want to share our deepest struggles with strangers so we end up going around with i guess they call it the masks on right and so we don't share our deepest struggles with one another and then what happens is we just make assumptions like oh they 
they have an easy life. You know, our life, my life is the, the toughest life out there. It's unbelievable how tough my life is. And everybody else, they're all privileged. Everybody else is privileged. I guess that's kind of like my downfall, right? Because I don't believe like I have privilege for anything. You know, I feel like, well, I'm not in the best situation right now, right? And it's not because anything. I mean, I, I have to avoid going, oh, well, you're a middle-aged white guy, so nobody likes you, you know? I'm like, I don't care. I'm a middle-aged white guy. What does that mean? It's stupid. It's stupid for me to think about it because I have a soul and a spirit and a mind. But we're so damn impatient with one another. And as those words come out of my mouth, I'm thinking of my, my friends I just badgered for a review. But it's just kind of like I've gotten zero feedback after all these attempts to make a connection that they just... I'm like, what else am I supposed to interpret? You know, they just don't express any outward appearance of being supportive. You know, so all right, let me, I'll stop badgering you then on this thing. And, uh, yeah, not everybody's going to get my message, whatever. It's not even, I mean, I don't think it's my message. I think it's the, the message that has been there the whole time, right? We just skipped over it and went right back into legalism, boundary markers, behavioralism, circumcision, you know, in-out group, who's in, who's out, crab mentality in the bucket. And that's why we're kind of stuck. And I'm trying to open the conversation up and say, guys, you're, you're living your faith in a bucket. You're just a bunch of crabs pulling people back from the freedom that is offered us. That's the real privilege. The privilege is getting out of the bucket. But people think, oh, all those crabs that are in that bucket together and they're all you know, cuddled up next together in their bucket and they won't let me in their bucket. Well, those, that bucket of crabs has privilege, right? You know, and so I want to be in their bucket. Hey, that's, I mean, that's a stumbling point here. That having these privileges, whatever you imagine that they are, are fake, fake privilege maybe. In fact, privilege or fake privilege. That's the name of this podcast episode. It's fake privilege. You know, it's just being white, throwing you in a bucket. doesn't mean your life is wonderful in the bucket. You know, the, the, the true freedom is getting out of every bucket. You know? Wow, what a framework I just created. You helped me create it, folks. You, the listener, have helped me create this framework of buckets, the, the, the crab mentality, right? Get free from your bucket. And, and then if, if everybody tries to push you in a bucket, because I know 
a truck driver who happens to be white, who's working 18 hours a day or whatever he's supposed to do driving a truck, he looks at his skin at the truck stop and he's not like, well, I'm white. Jeff Bezos is white. He's the richest man on the planet. And I'm not in Jeff Bezos's bucket because Jeff Bezos has a $90 million corporate jet called a G Gulfstream G650ER where he can fly from Seattle to Beijing nonstop probably or farther, maybe even Singapore and go to a conference and talk about Amazon. Meanwhile, another white guy will get in his truck after eating a hot dog and barbecue beans and risk his life driving his truck on the freeway from Flagstaff, Arizona to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos, the same white guy, apparently in the same white bucket, but we know he's not, um, is having champagne. Maybe some Veuve Clicquot, which is the cheap stuff. And maybe they'll bring out some Dome Perignon later on. So, privilege or fake privilege? What a great walk. Now, I'm going to go pick up, I'm going to go back and do the good thing, which is get in my car and pick up Buddy's poop. Because I didn't have a poop bag. Because I'm a perfectionist with Bud. I've picked up about 6,000 bags of poop, but nobody cares if I picked up 6,000 bags of poop. They only care that I didn't pick up the last bag of poop. Okay? The only, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> what? What dog poop have you picked up for me lately? So as I prepare the dog poop bag for the official dog poop bag holder, we are ready. So privilege or fake privilege crab mentality. Pretty good podcast. I think my podcasts are more interesting when I'm kind of fired up about something, you know, a little bit of rant. And uh, may you be blessed in your listening to, and may you have deeper thoughts to consider now that we've uh, discussed this. And may the grace and mercy lead to peace. I need that today too, because I am kind of uh, upsetting people, I guess. All right. We need a little poke once in a while. So do some poking, have some fun. Love everyone always. Bye.